This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the ups and downs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the early days of France's nuclear program, as well as the lasting impact it's had on the unlucky region subjected to it. The day was February 13, 1960. France detonated its first atomic bomb to become the world's fourth nuclear power. The plutonium-filled bomb was exploded about 60 miles south of the Regain Oasis in the Sahara Desert of Algeria, which was a French colony at the time. It was codenamed Je Bois Bleu, which means Blue Jerboa in English. A jerboa is a small rodent that lives in the Sahara, so essentially the bomb was called Blue Desert Rat. It may have been named for a tiny creature, but with an explosive yield of 70 kilotons, the bomb was roughly four times more powerful than the one the U.S. had dropped on Hiroshima. Early in the morning of February 13th, military scientists gathered at the test site near Algeria's border with Mauritania. It was a desolate region called Tanizruft, which means Land of Thirst. There, the bomb was placed atop a 330-foot tower and detonated by remote at 7 a.m. The explosion was a technical success, and no one was more pleased than French President Charles de Gaulle. He issued an announcement 30 minutes after detonation, hailing the event as a show of French strength and ingenuity, one that would ensure the country had equal standing with the other nuclear powers of the United States, the Soviet Union, and the United Kingdom. Shortly after his public announcement, de Gaulle sent a three-sentence cable to Pierre Guillaumat, the Minister of Atomic Energy. The message read simply, quote, Hurrah for France. As of the morning, France is stronger and prouder. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you and those who, for France, have pulled off this magnificent success. De Gaulle couldn't have been happier, but on the ground, still beneath the shadow of a blooming mushroom cloud, the mood was a bit more tense. More than 6,000 French engineers, soldiers, and researchers had worked on the project, alongside 3,500 Algerian laborers. One of the participants, Michel Verger, recounted what happened in the moment of the blast that morning. He said, quote, I was wearing shorts. We were made to lie face down on the ground, eyes closed and arms folded, and not watch the flash. But immediately afterwards, we had to get up with an apparatus round our necks and measure and photograph the impact. One thing he noticed right away was how the blast had transformed the landscape. The extreme heat it released had baked the nearby sand, turning it into blackened shards of glass. The detonation on February 13th was the first in a series of four atmospheric nuclear tests conducted in the Land of Thirst. After the fourth test, France changed tactics and began testing underground at a different site in the Algerian desert. The country conducted an additional 13 nuclear tests at the underground site before switching places again, 
this time to French Polynesian atolls in the South Pacific. In total, France exploded approximately 210 nuclear devices between 1960 and 1996. The vast majority were detonated in the remote atolls, but the first 17 were triggered right in the heart of Algeria's desert. According to General Charles Ayere, the location of the Blue Jerboa blast had been chosen due to, quote, the total absence of all signs of life in the area. Apparently, their search for signs of life didn't extend to even a few dozen kilometers away, or else they would have found the 6,000 or so residents of the town of Regain, who just had a nuclear bomb detonated in their own backyard. A spokesman for the Armed Forces Ministry said that initial observations detected no radioactive fallout on inhabited regions, but that didn't match the reports of non-state sources, which detected nuclear fallout from the bomb as far away as Senegal, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, and Sudan. For decades, the French government maintained that its nuclear tests had posed no danger to civilians or to those involved in the project. However, in 2010, a French newspaper obtained a confidential military report that proved just the opposite. The document showed that soldiers had been used as test subjects to study the effects of radiation on human health. According to the report, a 1961 experiment sent military personnel to within a few hundred meters of the epicenter of a nuclear blast less than an hour after detonation. It took decades to learn the results of that test, but in 2008, a survey conducted by a French veterans association finally supplied the answers. 35% of the French nuclear test veterans who were polled had one or more types of cancer, and one in five had become infertile. The Algerian residents of the region suffered as well. Oblivious to the danger, they collected scrap metal from the blast that had been buried and then uncovered by desert winds. They turned that scrap into jewelry, tools, and kitchen utensils, things they handled in their homes on a daily basis. As a result, between 27,000 to 60,000 people from communities near the test sites were affected. The large disparity between those numbers relates to who is reporting them. The higher number is the Algerian estimate, and the lower is the French. Radiation from the 17 nuclear tests held in Algeria also led to environmental degradation. In the decades since the blasts, the region's biodiversity has declined, with many reptiles and birds disappearing altogether. The last of France's nuclear tests was conducted on January 27, 1996, in French Polynesia. Later that year, the country became one of the first to sign the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. To its credit, France cemented its commitment to nuclear disarmament by closing and dismantling all of its test sites, which is something that no other nuclear power has done at the time of recording. In 2010, the French Parliament enacted a law that finally acknowledged the impact of its nuclear testing program and established a compensation plan for victims of nuclear radiation, including military personnel as well as residents of French Polynesia and Algeria. The law is by no means a perfect solution. For one thing, 
it requires claimants to have been residents of the region while the tests were taking place, even though dangerous radiation lingers long after the blast itself. Because of this stipulation, as well as the exclusion of certain types of cancer, the law hasn't been as helpful to Algerian victims as it should be. In fact, as of 2021, only one of 545 cases where money has been paid was to an Algerian. All of the other payments were made to residents from French Polynesia. To make matters worse, many of the testing sites across the Algerian Sahara have yet to be decontaminated, and some of them are fenced off by nothing but barbed wire, if that. This means that current and future residents are still in harm's way, and if they get sick, the French compensation plan will be of no use to them. In that way, one man's show of strength and ingenuity has ensured the suffering of tens of thousands of others, past, present, and future. Hurrah for France. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.